Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Yale Admissions Office. I'm Hannah, and I'm a Yale Admissions Officer. I'm Mark. I'm also a Yale Admissions Officer. And today we are joined again by our friend and colleague, John. Hi there. I'm John, and I am also a Yale Admissions Officer. (laughs) John, thank you so much for joining us today. We are going to be talking all about supplementary materials. And we thought you'd be a really good guest for this because you are, uh, I'm just going to say it, pretty talented yourself. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we feel like you're going to be good at sort of talking through what it is we're looking for um, when students submit supplementary art, music, dance, film. Those are the different things that students can submit as artistic supplements to Yale. We also allow students to submit STEM research, and we'll talk about that here as well. Now, these are called supplementary materials for a reason. They are not required. I think, you know, it's one of the easiest questions we get asked is, are supplementary materials required? Nope. Nope. It's right there in the name. (laughs) They're supplementary, (laughs) not required. And just want to make clear, the overwhelming majority of students who are admitted to Yale, they do not submit uh, supplementary materials. Our guidance about this is to think carefully before submitting supplementary materials. The reason for that is that these are not simply an add-on to the application. You shouldn't think about this as a matter of sort of adding points up on a rubric. It's called supplementary because the review of your submission is supplementary to the process you've already heard us talking about. Um, In order for this to really make a difference for an applicant, the activity that is associated with the submission needs to be a really core component of the applicant's file. We need to read the other parts of the application and say, oh wow, I can see that dance or music or film or art is a really big part of the student's life. It would be helpful for me in presenting the student to the committee to get some insight about sort of what that student's level of of skill and background is from someone who really knows what they're talking about. And a reminder, we are very deliberate about what we ask for in the application. Every single thing that's in the application is in there for a reason. And even for students who are submitting a really strong supplement, the core part of their review is going to focus on the elements of the application that are the same for everybody. That's right. And just throwing more and more information at us is not necessarily a good strategy for you. If you are really passionate about one of these things and there is a category for you to submit a supplement, um, go on and go for it. But it's it's not going to help uh, your average applicant to just send us a bunch of extraneous material. Yes. I know that there are some folks out there who sort of think that the way they're going to stand out is by saying, I'm not going to worry about the silly old application. Right. I'm going to submit a bunch of different stuff. I'm going <laughs> right. to pull an L Woods on you yeah. and you know give you something that you didn't ask for. That is not advisable. Right. What, like it's hard? No. <laughs> um, that's definitely not how you stand out in our process. Um, and at, if you've listened to our other episodes about uh, application essays, you know that we are super, super deliberate, deliberate about the questions that we ask you. So um, just keep that in mind. You know, some applicants do occasionally submit links to, um, you know, things that are outside the application. It might be a a video or a personal website. I will just say we rarely review these things um, because we find that we don't usually have a reason to review them. Again, we're focusing on the essential 
sort of core elements of the application. I will make a quick note that there is one application platform that Yale accepts. It's called the Coalition Application. And this does allow students to submit a sort of uh, multimedia artifact from their time in high school. So if you do have something that kind of doesn't fall into one of these categories, at Yale, we've used the Coalition Application as a way for students to submit something to the admissions committee that's different than a piece of writing. Yep, and we'll focus a little bit more on who should submit things and how submissions are reviewed rather than the technicalities of submitting in this episode. You can find all of that on our website. John, could you give a sense of, in your experience, who benefits the most from submitting a piece of supplementary material with their application? I think a supplementary material really makes sense for those students that have exhibited really, really consistent dedication to one kind of craft. Um, Our pool is filled with students that have spent a lot of time for things like music, athletics, art, maybe even film or dance. But there's a small subset of students for whom this is such a big part of their lives that a review of how significant that talent is, is really crucial to our understanding of their identity as an applicant, but also as a person. Um, So especially for those students for whom they've been spending a lot of time on weekends, kind of practicing or attending festivals, um, students that have invested significant time and energy into independent study, um, the supplementary material is going to be a way to demonstrate to the admissions committee what contributions they might make to the Yale community. Yeah, and I know that this is sort of a complex, nuanced point because we're trying to say this has to be a big deal for you, but I want to emphasize it's not the only thing that's going for an applicant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to see that this student is academically strong, that they have put forth um, you know, a compelling application along all the other dimensions that we have talked about. Um, again, we want to sort of be ready in the admissions committee discussion about this student to advocate for them along all of our dimensions. And we are interested in sort of saying, and, and one of these extra ones could also be that the student is really sort of impressing uh, one of our outside reviewers. Yep. And let's talk a little bit about those outside reviewers. So we as admissions officers are not listening to your music submission or going through your your art portfolio. We send them out to the people at Yale who would actually be working with you as a Yale student. Um, and Yale really has a very rich and diverse art scene. I mean, I don't know, John, you were very involved in that as a Yale student, and you probably submitted a music supplement as a Yale applicant before you were an admissions officer. So I don't know, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I did. I mean, one of the reasons why I was so interested in Yale as a high school student was this is a community where students that are incredibly dedicated to artistic pursuits and really interested in receiving a a, a deep intellectual education can kind of marry the two. Um, So I was really excited that I had the chance to submit a flute um, supplementary material to the admissions office because this was a way for me to demonstrate not only why I was interested in Yale as a place to study for four years, but also to hopefully show the admissions committee that I was very dedicated to this craft. And we know that our faculty who are you know running these programs, they have a real interest in ensuring that we have really strong ensembles and strong players across the board. And so we look to them for their expertise. We don't just want to say, oh, we've admitted a bunch of students who you know said on their resumes that they were really, really involved in these areas we know that they're the professionals. And so they can give us a sense of really what a student's contribution, you know, to their particular area might be. 
And I wanna make clear, these are not strictly connected to majors. This is probably gonna be different at a lot of other schools, um, but at Yale, even though we have fabulous um, arts programs, we aren't specifically saying, you have to be telling us that you want to major in this area for your you know, supplement to matter. And the faculty similarly are not saying, well, I would want this student if she were going to major in my area. Mm -hmm. um, we know that our students can make contributions you know, in the arts, especially regardless of what their, their academic path is. Yeah, mm -hmm. some of you may be at home thinking, oh, I'm also really interested in potentially applying to um, art schools for a BFA in music or something like that. Um, this is actually not that. Mm -hmm. um, rather, this is a way to show the admissions committee, in addition to whatever my academic interests are, here's also uh, a really deep-seated um, extracurricular interest. So we have um, people intending to study political science, ABET accredited mechanical engineering, chemistry, or maybe music submitting supplementary materials. Exactly right. And that's a great segue to talk about the ratings that our faculty reviewers give. So we wanted to give you an idea of the feedback that we get. Again, we're not listening to your music tape, for example. We're sending it out to a faculty. And by the way, that faculty member is not reading your essays or looking at your transcript or anything right. like that. They're just listening and then giving us some, some input. And, and here's an example of one of the sort of ratings that they might give back to us for an applicant. Yeah, so for music, the top rating that we would see is um, that this is a performer or a composer who is so accomplished that they may well be considered for admission to the finer U.S. conservatories or music schools and might be judged to have the potential for a career as a professional musician as evidenced by the exceptional maturity and artistic qualities of their audition samples. So that gives you an idea of the sort of, you know, tippy top and we do have these students in our applicant pool. Like we are really fortunate that students who are so talented and so dedicated do apply every single year. We give our faculty a five point scale. That's the, the top one. In the middle is one that's essentially saying, you know, this is a strong player. We think that um, this person could really fill a core position in one of our many music ensembles. And then down at the bottom is really, you know, a rating that says this really doesn't merit, you know, sort of any special consideration. And if you're wondering, okay, then what happens next? Um, that's really it. So we get that piece of feedback back from our faculty. Sometimes they'll give us some additional sort of comments about what they thought was was strong or weak about the submission. But that then is incorporated into the exact same admissions committee process that you've heard us already talk about. And as an admissions committee, we receive that piece of information. But even though sometimes there's kind of a rating attached to it, that is not a automatic yes mm -hmm. or an automatic no. Right. In the same way that in the room we're talking about the letters of recommendation, the wonderfully thoughtful pieces of writing you submitted, this additional piece of information, which gives us a sense of what kind of contribution you might make to our extracurricular scene, is then kind of incorporated into everything else. Yeah. And another thing that's important is that it's not like we're operating on any sort of quotas here. It's not mm -hmm. like we require 10 saxophonists at a time on <laughs> campus or anything like that. a lot of like saxophonists. That. Yeah. I mean, um, so uh, I think I think that's sort of a common misconception is that, you know, we'll be looking for certain kinds of talent. <laughs> and I'll go ahead and bust one of my favorite myths out there, mm -hmm. which is that, you know, if you start specializing in the flugelhorn or something like <laughs> right. that at age six, that's going to be your way into Yale. And right. I want to make clear that is, that's not the case. Yes. Correct. Alexa, what is a flugelhorn? <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about music. Let's shift gears quickly. Let's talk about yep. art. Um, like music, art is reviewed by our art faculty. And 
they have told us what it is that they're looking for. Again, we didn't we didn't come up with this in the admissions office. The music faculty, the art faculty have said, when I'm looking at a submission, here are the things that are that are important to me and are, and are going to help me decide sort of how big of a contribution I think this person could make to my scene on campus. Yes. So in particular, they're looking for a mix of technical skill, creativity, and the potential to grow and thrive in Yale's art program. And that element of fit is something that I want to highlight here. You know, it may be that you are a very, very accomplished artist, but maybe the medium that you work in isn't taught by any Yale faculty. You know, maybe it's the kind of thing that just isn't, you won't really be able to contribute to the existing community here. Um, and that could change sort of the faculty's evaluation of it. And, and that's an important point here. You know, this entire process is not simply about pinning laurels on students, right? We're not running a music competition. We're not running an art competition. We're looking to our faculty to say, give us some insights about this particular student's background and how it might contribute. So with visual art, uh, again, we get a set of ratings on a scale of one to five. The top rating is that this student's work shows tremendous technical skills while also displaying an excellent sense of imagination and creativity. They have a great potential to be an outstanding student and practicing artist or designer. This student would surely be admitted to the top art schools in the country. Yep. So you can see some similarities there to the you know previous top rating we were talking about with music. Again, in the middle here is a, a rating where a faculty member might say, you know, this student's work is really promising. Um, it's likely that uh, they would do very, very well in art classes at Yale. And then, you know, towards the bottom, they say, you know, no special consideration um, for me there. All right, let's talk about dance. Yeah, dance submissions are a relatively new option for our applicants. Um, they're reviewed by the head of our dance program, which is now part of our theater and performance studies major. Um, is a wonderful uh, Yale faculty member who has really sort of built Yale's dance program from the ground up. And so she has helped to develop, um, you know, what her evaluation process will be like. And, and she's explained to us that she's really focused more on technique than on choreographic creation. Yeah, so the top rating there is um, a student with exceptional and promising talent, exceptionally high quality pre-professional training, could dance professionally in a top tier company with the potential for admission to top conservatories. Yep, and again, in the middle is someone who's exhibiting really solid technical proficiency, has the potential to be an engaged participant in various dance studios and also part of the big student-led dance community on campus. And it'll go all the way down to, again, you know, submission sort of merits no special uh, consideration. This might be a good opportunity to just note that your ability to pursue any of these artistic disciplines as an extracurricular activity is not at all contingent upon submitting one of these materials. Yes, good so point. So a lot of our dancers on campus, um, and many of them who are very talented, didn't actually submit a dance supplement, right? Um, so you don't have to be submitting any of these supplements to engage in that scene. That's a great point, right? This is not an audition right. either. Um, you know, even if you get the top distinction from one of these faculty members, you will still be going through an audition maybe for something like the Yale Symphony Orchestra mm -hmm. or, you know, working your way up to, um, to more advanced classes in the art department. It's not like you suddenly have an, an in. Um, and in fact, it's important that our faculty reviewers really not know much about you before or after they um, they evaluate your submission. Yeah, it's a it's a blind review actually. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't see your name, they don't know anything about you. They're just evaluating the work. Um, and then finally, uh, sort of in the arts category, we also accept submissions for film. 
The review here is going to focus really on a student's technical skills and creativity more than production resources. Um, you know, I have had students who have gotten, you know, enthusiastic film uh, review ratings back who are working with very sort of basic equipment, right? But yeah. they have a, a good sense of storytelling. They're using different um, skills and the reviewer is very impressed with, with their creativity. So the top rating here says a student's work shows tremendous technical skills while also displaying an excellent sense of imagination, intelligence, and creativity. This student would surely excel at top film programs in the country. In the middle, again, a sense of a student showing promise, and then also at the bottom, sort of no special consideration. So you can see the sort of range of feedback that we get. All right, so any other sort of general advice on submitting these music, dance, film materials that we should go over before we move on and talk about science and engineering supplements? Yeah, I think sometimes students will be sitting at home wondering, you know, I'm, I'm having a tough time deciding whether I should be submitting one of these or not. Mm -hmm. And as someone that went through the process of submitting a supplementary material, I think some of the best guidance we might be able to provide is the idea that pulling together a, a supplementary material is a significant investment of time and in some cases financial resources. And so if the idea of pulling together music recordings or a series of slides of your artistic work mm -hmm. or a film piece is not already part of your artistic narrative, then your commitment and or talent in that craft might probably not be at the level where you'd want to submit a material. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think on a future episode, we will talk about how we look at the activities list. Yeah. You know, and I want to make clear your commitment and dedication to the arts uh, as a high school student may still be something very noteworthy, even if your sort of level with that craft is not ready for sort of discerning review mm -hmm. from a college faculty member. You know, Hannah and I were both enthusiastic high school musicians. Mm -hmm. We were not nearly the level of John. No, right? like, <laughs> no one wanted to listen to to our recordings. It Definitely would not, not have helped our, our cases. But for both of us, uh, you know, a sustained commitment to the arts was a big part of our experience. And we sort of proudly included that in both of our applications, I'm sure. Yes, Definitely. If you end up submitting a music, art, dance, or film supplementary material, our office will also ask you to fill out an arts supplement questionnaire. This is just a series of questions that asks for more information about your submission, and you honestly shouldn't feel any pressure to write a novel or two in response to these prompts. Yes. So just a disclaimer, not every submission that we get actually gets to the stage of being reviewed by a faculty member. Remember that your admissions officer does the first read on your file. And if I, as your admissions officer, think, wow, this is a really strong and compelling file and um, the, the art or music or dance or film is a really big part of the student's story, uh, you know, I might send that off for a, a review because I want to make sure that I can advocate um, in the committee room as, you know, with the most and best information possible for you. Yeah, to paraphrase an old line that admissions officers have, I've heard used in a lot of different uh, settings, a, a strong supplementary material submission can heal the sick, but not raise the dead, right? <laughs> yes. if, if your application is uh, just not strong on, on the, the sort of core dimensions, uh, a review from a faculty member, even if they're jumping out of their shoes, is not going to change the underlying dynamics of the file. So um, if it's a file that is very strong, but maybe it's missing that one thing that's going to separate it, something like this could be the separator that really helps to bring it to the table and, and have a, a more compelling conversation about it. That's right. And I feel like we sort of say this about every part of the application that we talk about on this podcast. No, no one thing is necessarily going to sort of make or break the case, um, but put all together, uh, they can make a really compelling story. 
All right, let's shift gears to something similar but different. Also in the category of supplementary materials, STEM research. This is for students who've done some significant math, science, or engineering research outside of their regular high school coursework. We wanna give them the opportunity to submit some of that information in something that we call the STEM research supplement. That's right. So there are three parts to the STEM research supplement. Um, there's a form that you fill out that gives us a little context about uh, you know, what you, where you went about this research, how involved you were, um, a letter of recommendation from a research mentor, and either a poster, abstract, or full paper detailing your work. And you might be wondering, why do we ask for this? Are we just being mean on, <laughs> you know, mean for scientists and engineers? They have to do extra? Um, no, we, we do it because we know that research can take many different forms. Um, we want to get a better idea of your specific experience, and we want to understand your specific contributions to a project, right? Science research is collaborative. It involves teams of people working together um, on a project. And so we are interested in understanding what your specific contributions have been. It is not about assessing how good you were at doing Western blots. I've learned that from reading, <laughs> that's a thing, Very good, uh, yeah. from uh, from STEM supplements. <laughs> and it's also not determining about if your research project you know, fits in sort of perfectly with a similar research project that's happening at Yale. Right. Um, we know that you'll probably change your mind about what kind of research you're doing and the, the specific thing that you're spending your time with, but we want to learn about what you've done so far. Yeah, I think um, kind of similar to the art supplements, we asked for this not because this is a way for you to prove your interest in STEM. Mm -hmm. um, you can just tell us about that in your writing. Mm -hmm. um, if you already have research going on, this is a great way to tell us a little bit about it. But this is not your opportunity to say, hey, there's this STEM research supplement I can submit to Yale. Let me go just start a project, essentially. Exactly. Right. We want to give students who are very serious about this an avenue to tell us about it. Exactly. Um, so let's break down those three parts of this STEM research supplement, starting with the form that you fill out. This is a really simple form. It does not need to be, uh, you know, beautiful eloquently written. We just are looking for some extra information. Um, on this form, we ask you about the context of your research. So how did you get involved? Did you come up with a hypothesis or did you help out with an existing project? And what sort of help did you receive? You can also let us know if your paper has been submitted or accepted for publication. Uh, one is not better than the other. There are no wrong answers here. We are just looking for the background. And I'll talk about my favorite part of these submissions, which is the letter of recommendation from your mentor. This isn't required, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it's strongly recommended um, yes. because it's typically the most helpful piece of the puzzle for us. You know, your research mentor can tell us a lot about your level involvement and contribution to the work and can give us a good idea of how you might contribute to similar labs on our campus. And the person who writes the best letter recommendation is going to be the person who has worked most closely with you. In some cases, this is not the PI of your lab. It's not the principal investigator mm -hmm. who might be overseeing, you know, dozens of different projects and lots of different um, college students and graduate students and high school students all together. It might be that you are working closely with a grad student, say. That person will actually write the most helpful letter of recommendation for you. Yeah, and the content of that letter is much more important to us than the title of the person exactly. who's writing it. Um, and then in terms of the research itself, this can be in the form of a poster, an abstract, or a full paper, basically whatever you have on hand, whatever's the most sort of polished and finished product that you have. Um, we've also seen some maker portfolios from students with serious engineering experience. That's fine too. Um, so uh, whatever form your research has taken, we're, we're happy to look at it. 
Right. And Hannah is a member of our office's STEM review team. Yes. Because we don't send these off to faculty. Our first review is done by admissions officers. So Hannah, give us a sense of what you and your team are looking for. Yes. So I am clearly not an expert in every single science field that is taught at Yale and neither are the other people on my team of reviewers. Um, but we, what we are experts in and what we've been sort of trained to look for is, you know, finding markers of students who really have the potential to be great STEM students at Yale. And we've been doing this long enough that we, um, you know, we know when your experience in high school can translate really well to um, a Yale lab or a Yale mm -hmm. experience. And when we get to the committee process, we often have STEM faculty in there. And, and I have sort of learned over the years that they speak this language. Yes. Not just the language of your abstract or research paper, but also the language of the letters of recommendation. They've written a lot of these. They've worked with a lot of different types of students. And so I find their insight and committee to be really helpful to say, yep, I can see what this person is communicating to me about how sort of extraordinary or ordinary this student's contributions to their lab were. I know that as an area admissions officer, sometimes I'll reach a STEM supplement. Um, and it's really nice knowing that there's a team in our office that specifically is trained to read the things you're writing about, um, where I might feel a little bit less familiar with the jargon, like Western mm -hmm. blot. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I, for the record, have no idea what a Western blot is. <laughs> Neither do I, Mark. I just know it's a thing. Alexa, what is Western blot? <laughs> All right. So um, to wrap up, we'll leave you with a few sort of final pieces of advice. Um, we also want to note that we do accept uh, creative writing samples from students who have a very clear commitment to the craft. Um, and these are reviewed by the admission staff and potentially a faculty member. Uh, but just a reminder, your personal statement is the most important writing sample in your file. Um, this is not an invitation to just add a bunch of essays that you've written for class or anything like that. We're really saying, you know, if you have creative writing that's been recognized maybe at the national level or something like that, um, you you could submit a piece to us. Right. Again, you should imagine an admissions officer reading the other parts of your application and learning enough to say, oh, wow, creative writing is a big part of this guy's life. I want to read more about that and maybe ask someone who works with creative writers at Yale to review their work. Um, and then I also just want to touch on extra letters of recommendation. With the exception of that mentor letter from your STEM research that we were talking about, which can be really, really helpful and sometimes the most important part of the STEM research supplement. Other than that, we do not encourage extra letters of recommendations. Right. So don't start thinking that you need to go running around to your your coach or your director or, you know, the person who's been teaching you your uh, your music lessons or anything like that for an extra letter of rec recommendation. Um, that's not something that we generally find helpful to our review process. Just remember that as with everything we discussed on this podcast, uh, supplementary materials are reviewed in context. Um, they can really help us identify students with special talents in the visual and performing arts or particular depth or experience in scientific research research, um, but it's all part of the context of your complete application file. And finally, remember that this entire process is in the service of helping the people in the admissions committee get to know you better. It's not about winning the race or, you know, being deemed the top art submission of the year. It's about us having a better understanding of who you are, what your story is, so that we're having a better conversation in the room about you. 
Thanks to John for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks to our friend and colleague, Jill, who's both our sound engineer and a great admissions officer. Thanks to our former admissions officer and friend, Andrew Brick Johnson, who composes our music. You should check him out at andrewbrickjohnson.com. And if you have comments or an idea for a future episode, drop us a line at yaleadmissionspodcast at gmail.com. And finally, remember that the views expressed in this podcast are mine and Mark's and don't necessarily represent those of Yale University. Thanks for listening.